Welcome to Serially Hooked Star Wars, where your hooker is Chris and Rashad, and today one does not speak unless one knows. We're here to talk about Mandalorian episode season three, episode four, chapter twenty, the Foundling, and we have so many things coming down the pipeline. This is just the highest high. Like we just have so many things at this point um, for you, Serially Hooked. What do we have, Chris? We have. The hookies. I'm going to ask the question <laughs> and answer it. Good. Go ahead. Um, we have the hookies coming out this Wednesday. Check it out. We have, if you don't know what the hookies are, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, go back and check out our hookies nominees episode that came out well, a couple weeks ago at this point. And also you can go to seriallyhook.com slash hookies to also check out our nominees for our favorite awards in film of the year 2020 what 2020 2022 2022 (laughs) (laughs) my brain is not working today and (laughs) that is a fail on my part hopefully you remember that because i messed it up 2022 hookies 2022 coming out wednesday march 29th come check it out so hyped so hyped to talk uh, you know to have the hookies back it's it's now an annual tradition but also also kind of an annual tradition sort of to talk about mando and we're at the halfway point it's getting very interesting how do you feel i feel great and i guess without further ado we all begin as raw or Hell yeah. Yeah, as you said, it's the halfway point in the ep- in the season, which is crazy to think because it's just like we just started or feels like we just started. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this episode was a little bit of a mishmash um, and kind of strange on my part, but I'm wondering what you have, what you think in terms of big picture thoughts for this episode. I was totally like, I felt so weird watching this episode because I think we have similar feelings about this where it's just it's just a weird episode and we get some interesting things here we're going to talk about them uh but it's just i don't know it felt it felt like one of these episodes that's just like there to fill up space which is like this is the third season of mando it doesn't make sense like do something do please do more with with the time you have for mando than this i mean we do get some nice you know the flashback was my personal highlight uh but not that much more honestly i mean yeah it starts off with what we want grogu and din doing stuff and a bunch of mandalorians mm-hmm. doing things whatever that was cute so like there's three highlights to this episode which i think just in my head justify its existence that is the beginning where you have the cuteness of Grogu and the little training sequence, whatever, more intro into the lore, Bo-Katan involving herself, whatever. And then you have the flashback, which, as you said, incredible flashback. We're going to have to talk about that for sure. And then I really like the ending where Bo-Katan is um, perplexed and, and tells the armorer quite surprisingly about the Mythosaur. And is mm-hmm. you can see her thought process, her her like her brain starting to work in terms of what is she supposed to do here? What does she want to do? How is she going to position herself within this covert? And I found those three things really interesting. However, the main point of this entire episode 
rescuing um, Paz Vizsla's kid, which I can't remember his name right now because it's a name, but (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, not for me. I I found the, the end sequence quite interesting, at least like the flight sequence. It was, is it was, it was beautifully done, I guess, but the the planning stuff wasn't great. It was kind of clunky in terms of its exposition. Uh, I just found myself kind of eye rolling a little bit in the middle of this episode, which is kind of mm-hmm. unfortunate. And I don't want that to be the case when I'm watching a show that only comes on at once every two years. <laughs> and there weren't really stakes in there. Like, of of course, like you want to rescue someone. That's cool. But we, I mean, of course he's a kid, so I don't care about him, but just like, give us a reason. Like so far he's only been quite an arrogant boy. And of course he gets taken, so that's unfortunate. But it's like, why are we doing this? It's like, is there nothing else you could think of? And I don't know. It was just, it's just weird, as you said. Just like the middle part here, that's not the uh, flashback. Was just very unsatisfying. Yeah, unfortunately, and also his name is Ragnar Vizla, which is something that I looked wow. up. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're getting very Nordic here. <laughs> very Nordic. Not only are the Mandalorians um, an allegory for the, I don't know, the Israelites, or whatever. And now they are yeah. also Nordic uh, gods. Yeah. So we're really mixing metaphors <laughs> here, Favreau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like we need a name. We need a name, Ragnar. It's like also like Paz and Ragnar. Where's the through line here? But uh, you know. We don't need to talk about naming conventions in Star Wars. That's a whole nother mess. <laughs> yeah, I just was, this is unfortunate that this episode had to had to have such a weak middle um, because I think that it is in some ways quite consequential in terms of the character development that we see, specifically mm-hmm. with Bo. Um, yeah. Not really with anyone else <laughs> because Paz is annoying <laughs> and Din doesn't really do much in this episode. And then also getting that flashback with Grogu, learning how he escaped Order 66, all amazing. So it's really interesting mm-hmm. to see. Mm. Yeah, I what I was wondering throughout this episode, actually, uh, and I forgot to look it up. So maybe you can tell me because you are much more knowing about Star Wars news. Is this because it, it you know, last year, everybody was saying this is the last season of Mando. Is that the last season? Because if it is, what the fuck are they doing with this episode? If they have another one, it's like, okay, fine. But if this is really the uh, the midway point of the last season, I really have to question what they're doing. It is not the last season. It will continue past there season four. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so greedy. Why do they do? I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I love, I love how, you know, I love Mando. I want more of Mando, but... I hate when people are like, yeah, we are going to have this as a contained story, three seasons, everything's great. And then, no, we're doing more. It's like, yes, more Mando is great, but also this is just going to dilute the narrative. And I think this episode in particular is really a testament to that. Yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate. This, in my mind, the thing is, okay, this is the this is the thing. When it comes to like a story that has nothing to do with anything, it's just like the frog episode from last season over again. Yeah. But at least this has <laughs> you just something hate that interesting. So much. I hate that episode so much. It's useless <laughs> to me. Even the Tatooine opener from season two, also yeah. kind of useless. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like, okay, here we are. 
we are just going to have this useless episode. At least we get something with Grogu and some interesting stuff with Bo happening. Um, just move on, I guess. I don't really have many thoughts about this episode because it, that's just, mm-hmm. that's it. It was just blah. It's just, it's yeah. just plain ketchup sandwich. That's what this episode is. Yeah. <laughs> I like the metaphor. So maybe let's just talk about uh, the three things that you pointed out were the interesting aspects of this episode because we can just like talk we don't have to talk about the rest that's just whatever sure i mean uh i love the beginning uh i thought Mm -hmm. it's just really cool how the episode starts with bo's perspective because it kind of highlights bo as the main character of this particular episode which kind of is does happen throughout the show because you kind of see her Mm -hmm. uh, mental journey through the episode and then of course it's so cute to see Grogu sitting there with all the rocks as if he's playing with the force. And then he just realizes <laughs> that all those like little tiny crabs and he's just hungry again because he's Grogu and eats everything. <laughs> Absolutely adorable. One question though that I have about Mandalorian training, why the hell are they just shooting into the lake randomly like mm-hmm. that? It's so stupid. I thought for some reason they were like just shooting as if like the crocodile monster was going to come back. But I think it really does mm-hmm. seem that it was like tr- target practice of some kind, but there's no target. Very strange. Um, the other stuff was kind of cool, I guess. Normally, like you see the Mandalorian staffs, the vibro blades, the... Did we see a flamethrower? Yes, did, we did, right? Yeah, um, yeah, we had some flamethrower on flamethrower action. Yeah, always cool to see that kind of stuff. But just shooting mm-hmm. into a random like, I don't know who that's helping. Maybe the uh, the bar for Mandalorian training has lowered so much that the the objective was just to hit the water. <laughs> as long as you hit the <laughs> water, you're fine. Uh, they're really nerfing the uh, <laughs> Mandos. <laughs> Mandos. <laughs> uh, so, sure, you're a Mandalorian. Here, have a gun. <laughs> you're one of us now. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh. My favorite interaction in this opening sequence was Bo talking to Grogu and just mm-hmm. telling him that my father was like this as well, pushing him into combat or pushing her into combat. So that that interaction when Grogu is responding to Bo, I found that to be so adorable. And it makes yeah. me fearful. The, the closer they get, the more I get afraid of them having a falling out and Bo-Katan and Din Djarin fighting and Grogu getting stuck mm-hmm. in the middle. And I don't want that to ever happen. I mean... Hold on to your butt because I'm thinking. Uh, I think that's what's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> I love that phrase. Hold on to your butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know where that came from. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I th- I really like that. I l- also really like the um, the trust that um, that Din has in in Grogu. Also, you know, on on the meta level. Pedro Pascal is the internet's daddy, kind of <laughs> works here in a different way as well. Um, a li- do- overdoing it a little bit is like, yeah, he got this, he got this, he got this. It's like, okay, like you're just saying that. Uh, I didn't feel like he actually believed in it, um, or at least not to the extent where it's like, yeah, he's absolutely gonna nail this. But he does, you know. That's that's a great part of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love it. just going back because that was also one of my highlights, just the little gag again with the rocks 
or what or stones or whatever. <laughs> and then as soon as Grogu leave, they all just scatter <laughs> because okay, curse is cleared. Literally, we can go into the water. And you just, they just all scramble to get into the water uh, as soon as Grogu uh, Grogu's attention is elsewhere. Like literally the second uh, I was laughing so much at that. Um, but the entire training sequence was nice. I still can't shake my um my impression that Bo really just wants to see okay are could they be recruits for my cause though we also later on you know she gets more into the cult and she, you know when she said later on this is the way I just nearly fell off my chair um but uh I, su- I still think that she is going to take part of these people and tr- try to get them on her side for her cause uh, at some point later this um, this season, so uh, but I but yeah I enjoyed f- as you did the interaction between her and Grogu a lot. That was really cute, and uh, also kind of a different side of Bo. Like Grogu, and I guess I guess that's what children do. I wouldn't know anything about this, but uh, children just uh, have the ability to bring out a different side of someone. Um, you know how you relate to adults is different to children maybe at least for some of us <laughs> no i just i found that really interesting to see bo uh in every different interaction that she has whether it's with din by himself with paz and with uh, with the armor in particular and also grogu it's it's really body language with her and it's obviously because we can't see her face anymore, but <laughs> yeah. it's, I think it's really fascinating to see how she's evolving. And I think this season just might be her season. Cause we saw mm-hmm. at the beginning of it that she's lonely in a castle. Now she's surrounded by other bunch of mother Mandalorians. She's inquiring about the, the mythosaur and clearly she's going to go try and ride it, tame it, something. So mm-hmm. we'll see what comes out of that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, so technically, uh, this episode is also about a Mandalorian. It's just a different one. So that works with the show's premise. Uh, that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> like just slowly merfing, uh, merging it into like uh, being it about Bo, which I wouldn't mind. I mean, I loved Din, but like having a show about Bo would also be great. Um, yeah, and I'm just curious where it's going. I mean, obviously we have the interaction later, but um yeah, what did you make of the of the little fight scene there, the training fight with the darts? I mean, it was very typical. You saw it coming. I didn't really think much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it just made me realize how Ragnar is an asshole. Uh, and he's like, every time <laughs> Grogu's in danger or getting hit by something, you're just like, no, 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 this is not happening. <laughs> but also, I found yeah. it might be foreshadowing, especially because Grogu does get the armor, the chest armor plate. Grogu is definitely mm-hmm. going to get shot in the chest somehow, and <laughs> he's going to come up and be fine. So yeah. I wonder what's going to come of that. So and maybe the darts sh- shooting and hitting him in the chest is just foreshadow for an actual gun in the future. But I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, again, I think there is going to be some Mandalorian infighting coming our way soon in which Bo has some degree of influence. Um, yeah, I agree. Like the the fight, it's all the, yeah, the training was just like, yeah, meh, we knew that that was coming. Uh, the way it did, literally the way it did, of course, Grogu gets two hits first and then um, he just does three in a row. And uh, I don't know, it's 
and Ragnar just being an asshole can of course he's a Vizsla how can he not be an asshole and that actually leads me to another thing that I was kind of surprised by that there is no there doesn't seem to be any tension between Paz Vizsla and Bo-Katan which I you know given their families uh, I would have assumed that that would come up but maybe it is uh, the case that maybe if everything was if they had reclaimed Mandalore, that's when they would do it. But now, for now, they just want to survive together so they can just not think about it. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but I don't know. It's fascinating. I'm excited to see. That's all, I think that's kind of like my general thoughts on that intro sequence, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, there's, It's not really anything to dig into. It's just like, oh, cute and interesting, I guess. Yeah. For me, the biggest thing in this episode to really dig into and just like, wow, which wowed me was definitely the flashback sequence. Same, yeah. That was absolutely incredible. Just like on the multiple, multiple layers. And I guess like you have to start with Ahmad Best coming back to the Star Wars universe. Oh, that's him. Oh my God. I was wondering, like, I feel like I know this guy. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, Ahmad Best, um, if you don't know, was the first ever person to um, motion capture a CGI uh, character on film. And he was the portrayer of the famous and Chris's favorite (laughs) Star Wars character, Jar Jar Binks. There are much worse Star Wars characters than Jar Jar Binks, let me tell you. But, um, but unfortunately uh, yeah, yeah. for uh, for Ahmad Best, he did, you know, get a lot of threats after the, the portrayal yeah. of Jar Jar Binks. I mean, it's very well documented that he had to go to therapy and struggled with depression. He had death threats. Like the the rabid um, backlash to his portrayal of Jar Jar Binks was really really sad to see. And just to see him come here in this context and portray a very heroic, strong, seemingly the only competent Jedi out there mm-hmm. in the temple. Um, him portraying Kelleran Beck, the person who rescued Grogu. is just It's really nice to see them pay homage to him. And it's great. I love it. I really love that sequence. I found some of the like the f- actual fighting a little bit clunky and also mm-hmm. how are all these full train jedis just getting one-shotted by <laughs> clone troopers just like um that doesn't really work especially if they're already prepared but whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of like strange to me uh but i think that in the end just getting to see order 66 from this angle um getting to see the escape sequence it just fun ride i really enjoyed it and then also it layered with the scene in the forge um was a really great back and forth i found and really as as the the armorer says to grogu the forge reveals all and the forge brings mm-hmm. brought out that um part of grogu and that PTSD, if you want to call it, or just trauma that he's experienced at the time. So incredible sequence. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I I love the armorer's monologue there as well on all the entire metaphor. The flashback itself, I was so surprised at first. I was like, oh wow, we're actually going to get to see it. And I thought, okay, this is going to be like a 30-second thing, kind of like it was with Din in the first season of uh, Mandalorian, which I think there's kind of a parallel here. Um, And then I was just so confused, not confused, but like surprised and delighted that we just get to see uh, like five or 10 minute sequence of it. 
which I, uh, you know, you already went into. I loved seeing all of it. it. It dragged like a little bit and some of the things didn't make sense. But I was so happy to see it and just to see everything from Grogu's perspective, which is so funny because he is one of the main characters of this show. He is like the, he's kind of <laughs> like a plot device, but also like one of the most important characters, but we don't really see him that much or at least not things out of his perspective or when he's alone. So it was really cool to just see him in his past as well. And yeah, as you said, what caused the trauma, even though we've seen Order 66 a couple of times before, but yeah, I, I feel like, there is so much more to be explored there. And I would uh, honestly, as you were talking, I was just imagining getting like a limited series, well, like one season series about Order 66 from different perspectives and uh, or a movie maybe that I would love that um, because I think it's just, you know, that's when everything changed. And I don't know, for some reason, it just fascinates me. But yeah, uh, you know, I love I love the flashback so much. We get to see a lot about Grogu here, and yeah, definitely by far and away the highlight of this episode for me as well. The one thing that was a little bit annoying that the armor was like it seemed like she was intentionally scaring Grogu, and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you're very protective. Of course. If anything happens yeah. to Grogu, that's really, really... I mean, you can argue that Grogu yeah. is the most important Star Wars character right now. In the show, yeah. Or like, No, not in yeah, the show. Yeah. In, in, like, period right now. It's like he single-handedly ushered in a huge new wave of uh, fans. He saved the franchise after some lackluster movies. Let's put it that way. That's true. 100%. It's like how many people yeah. just watch Mando because it's the Baby Yoda show? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't actually tell you, but uh, maybe now I'm going to shout out my sister <clears throat> who's not listening to this podcast at all, but um, I, she's, she had never watched anything Star Wars related until last year. And I told her like, you know, go and watch the Mandalorian. You're going to love it. And she was like, oh, Star Wars, whatever. And I was like, watch it, watch it. And then she did. And obviously she loved it. Uh, as you said. All, mostly because of Grogu, and for last Christmas she gave she gave me like a little notebook that is basically has Grogu on the front. Uh, it's very cute with like uh, green pages and like a little Grogu on each page, and uh, I'll send I'll send you a photo of it later. But uh, that was just really cute, and uh, yeah, it just made me think of it. And yeah, I think again that's testament, and I've to- talked to many people who you know i tried to talk to them about star wars for years and they were not very receptive until mandalorian came out and so yeah i think that's just testament to what you said yeah i mean and uh yeah i that makes me think that nothing's ever going to happen to grogu as long as we're alive but it's cool to i mean it's it's still strange to see him in uh stressful situations yeah, yeah. And I 100% agree. He's going to get hit at some point because he now has a breastplate. Even though he has the, uh, like, basically, like, Star Wars, the Star Wars equivalent of Mithril armor now, right? Oh, yeah, true. Shirt. Yeah. So he doesn't yeah. actually need it, but, you know, it looks cool. Huh. 
It looks cool. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. Then he's like double protected, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, Din melted had his Beskar spear melted down for that, so you know, that's a pretty significant thing. That's a good point, huh? Interesting. I feel like Grogu should have just like opened up his shirt and pointed at it and, just, <laughs> and tell the armor, be like, "I don't need that." <laughs> and the armor should know because she's the one who made it as well. Oh, true, true, true. Huge oh, plot hole, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also a nice touch that the um, I forgot what it's called, but the beast from the very second episode uh that you know where where grogu is first revealed to have false powers is the emblem i think yeah the mud the horn breastplates the mud horn yeah so i i love that again furthering the bond with din yeah i just love that you know she calls them a clan of two and that's what they are together they're yeah. a family and it's so cool that they now get to wear the same sigil at the same time a hundred percent all right. Um, I guess maybe we can. I mean, the one thing that was cool about the the bat creature dragon fight sequence, mm-hmm. I like the end fight sequence when they're like when they're kind of trying to get both Paz Vizsla and Ragnar Ragnar, yes, uh, yeah. from the beast, and they're flying. And I thought like that was shot really well, and it looked really nice. Um, the this mm-hmm. aerial fight sequence continuing in the the successes of the show and the fact that it looks great but other mm-hmm. than that i don't really have much to say i guess it was interesting to see bo kind of ask din about how they eat and and kind of her trying to learn about the way a little bit more i'm not sure mm-hmm. uh, but i i don't really have much to say about the whole sequence so just a little clunky in my mind and kind of pointless mm. <laughs> yeah maybe you know pro- mostly just to show how Bo is gonna getting integrated into the community, maybe. Uh, so you know, which uh, I guess so, but yeah, also clunky. So let's talk more about Bo and a much more interesting sequence of events with the armor. Yeah, so she tells him that, or tells her that she saw a mudhorn, and the armor is just like not yeah, the mudhorn, nice the mythosaur, the mythosaur. Wow, <laughs> the mythosaur, <laughs> and then the armor is just like, oh, cool, nice dream. That's interesting to me. Like, do you think I I read it that the armor just like absolutely does not believe her at all from the mm. very to the very end? I don't know if you got another read from the armor at all. Uh, I got two reads. That one was the stronger one, but I also thought from a power perspective, the armor is the leader of this uh, group. And if suddenly Bo shows up and says, "Yeah, I was on Mandalore, saw the Mythosaur." That is just going to maybe do some things to the group that the armor isn't happy about and maybe also going to undermine her own position. Uh, so maybe that is part of it as well. But I think generally just disbelief might be the stronger option here. Yeah, the other option in my mind was that she's going to try and go after the armor and uh, the, the Mythosaur instead of Bo-Katan mm-hmm. uh, and just use the information to her advantage or send someone in her, yeah. in her behalf. But... I don't. I think it was just that I just like dis- complete dismissal of her. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, nice, nice, and just I th- I think Bo was very taken aback by that as well. Like even later on when she insists that no, she did actually see it. Um, that was so weird. That also gave me weird vibes. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of this whole thing. I think it's just more showing Bo's confusion internally. And I think that her going to the armorer, go, her going to a symbol of authority is sort of symbolic of, I don't want to say therapy, but like her going to someone who can like help her potentially, give her some clarity about mm-hmm. what to do, all these things. And I think Boga just doesn't get what she wants from the armor in that moment. Yeah, very like dismissal. That's <laughs> causing another mini trauma, maybe. Uh, especially if like, because you can tell it takes a lot for Bo to open up and share that with the armorer because she didn't tell Din. And that's just the interesting choice for me is yeah. why not tell Din and why tell the armorer? I think because Din has the uh, dark saber and so he kind of is in a higher position in Mandalorian like culture, if you will, uh, that way. And maybe that, that's why she doesn't share it so that he doesn't get to go there and maybe the mythosaur would be her way of establishing a power base that could be it um maybe i i'm not i'm not i don't really know what's going on here uh it's just interesting to figure out i guess this this episode really brought us a lot more questions than answers yeah just a lot of foreshadowing that maybe in retrospect we'll think oh that was pretty good but um also i think i mean with the children of the watch just being such a cult, maybe the mythosaur would be another thing to integrate into the cult. So that would maybe work. Maybe that's what will, you know, help Bo get them on her side or something. Or yeah, maybe there is some infighting with the armor. I mean, a fight, like a literal fight between the armor and Bo would be pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> And it'd be interesting to see who Din picks and who Grogu picks. Yeah, 100%. Like, Din would be so torn. Like, because the armor is such the the figure of authority. But, uh, like, Bo is a f- friend, in a way. So that'd be literally between a, a rock and a hard place. Well, you could argue that Bo is his, like, closest friend at this point. Yeah, yeah. At who this else? point, for sure. Carl Weathers? Yeah. No, no, no. He was busy directing the, this episode, so <laughs> <laughs> he had other things on his mind. No, but but um, I don't know. I feel like Carl, like uh, Grief Cargar, is one of these friends that you know you see, like you talk or talk to like a few times a year. But it's like, yeah, that was nice, but I don't have to do this for another three months. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what Grief Car like. That's the Grief Cargar vibes I get. Well, all right. Um, Do you have anything else to talk about with this episode before we kind of wrap it up? I think we've got everything covered. Well, I guess with that, this is a really short episode, relatively speaking. But um, I will... I'm excited for the next one. I think it's going to be more consequential. They're just kind of lulling us to sleep before they slap us in the face. Yeah, third act is going to start soon. So get ready, people. I can't wait, and we'll be here to talk about it all. (laughs) If you loved what you heard, or you liked what you heard, or are indifferent about what you heard, subscribe to the the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And I guess without further ado, no, that's the beginning. For the end, we just say, for Chris, I'm Rashad. We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) Bye.